According to the History Channel, anti-Semitism is history's oldest hatred. The Nazis perpetrated the most extreme example of anti-Semitism in what we know as the Holocaust. During World War II, Hitler's final solution to the Jewish problem, as he called it, led to the extermination of more than six million Jews. More than two millennia before Hitler, a hate-spewing ruler named Antiochus Epiphanes rose to power in Greece during the Maccabean period. He is the little horn of Daniel chapter 8 and a foreshadowing of the Antichrist who is to come at the time of the end. The devil is hell-bent on destroying God's chosen people through whom Messiah came. Even the smallest hint of anti-Semitism must be quelled in every generation. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. A ram, a goat, and two little horns on this Monday edition of Something Good. Hello, this is Brian Davis. Welcome to another week of teaching with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Well, Daniel was a man of visions, divine visions, in which God revealed the future to him so that he could share it with all who had ears to hear. Today, Ron takes us to Daniel chapter eight to reveal the significance of the ram, the goat, and the two little horns and the impact they will one day have on the nation of Israel. Stop by our brand new website, somethinggoodradio.org, anytime to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And now from his teaching series, Mysteries of Babylon, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, The Time of the End, from Antiochus to Antichrist. The kind of prejudice and bigotry that leads to hostility against Jewish people is called, say it with me, anti-Semitism, that's right. Anti-Semitism tends to rear its ugly head in just about every generation, and you've probably noticed it's in the news again. Uh, recently, the United States House of Representatives passed a resolution condemning anti-Semitism and other forms of hatred following uh, days of debate over some comments that a freshman congressman from Minnesota made that some lawmakers believed were anti-Semitic. The resolution passed along party lines and for a whole host of reasons um, that were politically controversial, it passed that way. But it was a reminder that um, according to the History Channel, anti-Semitism is, is history's oldest hatred. That's the History Channel who says that. It's no secret to us that the Nazis perpetrated the most extreme example of anti-Semitism in what is known as the Holocaust. We remember from history, very near history to us, that during World War II, Hitler's, uh, get this, final solution to the Jewish problem, that's what he called it, makes the hair on the back of my neck raise up. Final solution to the Jewish problem, Adolf Hitler said, and that led to the extermination of more than six million Jews. Hatred of the Jews did not start with Adolf Hitler. The roots of anti-Semitism travel far into ancient times. Again, according to the History Channel, they say 
In much of Europe throughout the Middle Ages, Jewish people were denied citizenship and forced to live in ghettos. Anti-Jewish riots, rather, called pogroms, swept the Russian Empire during the 19th and early 20th centuries, and anti-Semitic incidents have increased in parts of Europe, the Middle East, and North America in the last several years. The term anti-Semitism was first popularized by German journalist Wilhelm Marr in 1879 to describe hatred or hostility toward Jews. The history of anti-Semitism, again, this is the History Channel, the history of anti-Semitism, however, goes back much farther. Hostility against Jews may date back nearly as far as Jewish history. In the ancient empires of Babylonia, Greece, and Rome, Jews who originated in the ancient kingdom of Judea were often criticized and persecuted for their efforts to remain a separate cultural group rather than taking on the religious and social customs of their conquerors. And that last paragraph from the History Channel brings us all the way back to Daniel chapter 8. Because here the History Channel mentions that the roots of anti-Semitism go all the way back to these major world empires that were prophesied in the book of Daniel, starting with the Babylonian Empire, followed by the Medo-Persians, the Grecian Empire, then the mighty Roman Empire. And you can find anti-Semitism raising its ugly head, rearing its ugly head in every world empire, in every generation, even up to our modern times, even up to last week's news cycle. Uh, interestingly enough, as we take a look now at Daniel chapter 8, the focus, the prophetic focus of the book shifts to the nation of Israel. Uh, we know that in part because in the original text, in Daniel chapter 8 through chapter 12, it returns to the Hebrew language, all right? From about the middle of chapter 2 through the end of chapter 7, Daniel uses Aramaic, which was uh, the language of the Gentiles. And, and that was because the focus of the prophecies had to do with these major world Gentile empires that I mentioned just a few moments ago. Now the focus shifts to how these major Gentile empires uh, will impact the Jewish people from the time of Daniel uh, all the way uh, to the end of the age. And um, Daniel chapter 7 through 12, you may remember, there are four specific visions that Daniel receives. He received these during the same historical time frame that is covered in chapters 1 through 6. But in chapters 1 through 6, Daniel was uh, interpreting Nebuchadnezzar's dream. He was interpreting uh, Belshazzar's handwriting on the wall. But also during that time, over about a 22-year period of time, Daniel received four specific visions from the Lord. He records them in chapters 7 through 12. Chapter 8 is the second of four visions, and it happens about two years after the vision recorded in Daniel chapter 7, and we can pinpoint that time to around 551 B.C., all right, about 500 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. And in this vision recorded in Daniel chapter 8, Daniel sees a ram, a goat, <laughs> and a little horn. Sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? Sounds like something from Alice in Wonderland, but no, this is, this is not, you know, fancy, uh, fantasy or we're not going to run into unicorns and fairy dust and all of that. 
Bible prophecy and the visions uh, like of which Daniel received were highly symbolic. And the good news is that we don't have to guess as to what this, this ram and this goat and this little horn are because uh, two heavenly messengers interpret this to Daniel later in the vision. But in Daniel chapter 8, uh, Daniel also receives more detail about the second and third empires, the Medo-Persian Empire and the Grecian Empire, and how they will impact the Jewish people. Of particular interest is the rise of a little horn in Daniel chapter 8, a ruler in the latter period of the Greek Empire, this ruler that unleashes unprecedented anti-Semitic terror against the Jews. This little horn, keep in mind, is different in Daniel chapter 8 than the little horn in Daniel chapter 7. They're different, but they're similar. They're different, but they have a relationship. Uh, the one in chapter 7 uh, is, of course, the Antichrist, and the one in chapter 8 becomes a foreshadowing of the ultimate Antichrist to come. The little horn of Daniel 8 is a hate-spewing ruler from the Maccabean period, a ruler that arises in the Greek Empire toward the end of the Greek Empire known as Antiochus Epiphanes, probably a guy you've not known or heard mentioned in uh, history, let alone Jewish history or even Bible history. But he's an important figure, even as we understand uh, the role of the Antichrist at the end of the age. C.I. Schofield said, the little horns of Daniel chapters 7 and 8, though different people have this in common, they are alike in their hatred of the Jews and of God and in profaning the temple. Now, with that in mind, let's take a closer look at Daniel chapter 8. Beginning in verse uh, 1, Daniel says, in the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me after that which appeared to me at the first, and I saw in the vision... And when I saw, I was in Susa, the citadel, which is in the province of Elam. And I saw in the vision, and I was at the Ulai Canal. I raised my eyes and saw, and behold, a ram standing on the bank of the canal. It had two horns, and both horns were high, but one was higher than the other. And the higher one came up last. I saw the ram charging westward and northward and southward. No beast could stand before him, and there was no one who could rescue from his power. He did as he pleased, and he became great. Daniel, in this vision, sees himself in the citadel city, the capital city of Susa. Now, Susa was an insignificant city at this time. This is around 551 B.C., insignificant city, but as time goes on, Susa will become a significant city in the Persian Empire. And if you know your Old Testament Bible and the books of Esther and Nehemiah, Susa comes into play. Susa was a significant city. Remember, Nehemiah was in the capital city of Susa serving as cupbearer to the king when God burdened his heart with the broken down walls of Jerusalem, and he gets permission to go back to Jerusalem and survey the area and you know, that's the whole story of the book of, of Nehemiah. God knew long before Daniel knew, long before even the Medo-Persian Empire comes into play, that Susa would become a significant Persian city. And Daniel is standing there on the bank of a canal, and he sees a ram. Nothing unusual about that, except that the ram had two horns, and, and one 
grew higher, though slower than the other. Now, we could sit here all day long and speculate and say, oh, the ram means this and the horns mean this and, and all of that. But scroll down to verse 20, to a section of chapter 8, which includes the interpretation from the two holy uh, messengers that are there on the canal with Daniel. And verse 20, one holy messenger says, as for the ram that you saw with the two horns, these are the kings of Media and Persia. All right, there you go. Up next, the second half of Dr. Ron Jones' message, The Time of the End, From Antiochus to Antichrist. If you're a first-time listener to Something Good Radio, we'd like to send you a free chapter of Ron's most popular book, Mysteries of the Afterlife. Consider it our way of saying thanks for being part of our radio listening family. Stop by our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org, and click the I'm New icon at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, share your prayer request with us by clicking on Explore at the top of the homepage, then scrolling down to the How Can We Pray For You option. Our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer, so contact us anytime. Well, part of the prophecy found in Daniel chapter 8 has already come to pass, but some of it is yet to come. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, The Time of the End, from Antiochus, to Antichrist. The ram and the two horns. Uh, the ram represents the Medo-Persian Empire and these are the two kings that arose. We know from history that the Medes arose first and later the Persian king gained control. Thus the picture of the two horns and one horn slower to grow but growing higher than the other. The mighty Medo-Persian Empire that overcame the great Babylonian Empire. There was no empire as large. The world had, had never known an empire as large as the Medo-Persian Empire, and that is descriptive there in the vision. But we read on in verse uh, 5 and following that in addition to a ram, Daniel sees a goat. Verse 5, as I was considering, behold, a male goat came from the west across the face of the whole earth without touching the ground. Imagine that picture, just kind of floating across the ground, this he-goat. And the goat had a conspicuous horn between his eyes. He came to the ram with the two horns, which I had, been, which I had seen standing on the bank of the canal, and he ran at him in his powerful wrath. I saw him come close to the ram, and he was enraged against him and struck the ram and broke his two horns. The ram had no power to stand before him, but he cast him down to the ground and trampled on him. There was no one who could rescue the ram from his power. Then the goat became exceedingly great, but when he was great, the great horn was broken, and instead of it, there came up four conspicuous horns toward the four winds of heaven. Um, if the holy messengers interpreted the ram for us, maybe they also interpret the goat for us, and in fact, they do. Scroll down to verse 21. And the goat is the king of Greece, and the great horn between his eyes is the first king. Who do we know this to be from history? Remember, this is prophecy from Daniel, all right? But from history, from our perspective, we know this to be Alexander the Great, 
the first king of the Grecian Empire. The Grecian Empire overtook the Medo-Persian Empire in 331 B.C. Daniel is receiving this in 551 B.C. about an empire that will arise and take over another empire and a king that will arise that will be like a goat that floats across the earth. Uh, the conquests and the exploits of Alexander the Great are well detailed in our history books. And the speed with which his armies went across this earth, pictured here as a goat that just floats, floats across the earth, he's so fast. And Alexander the Great and the great mighty Grecian Empire conquered all the, the known empires of the world at that day. Historians tell us that Alexander was sad that he had no more kingdoms to conquer. And at the ripe age of 33, he died of a fever unexpectedly. And history also records that four of his generals took his empire, broke it into pieces. All right? Isn't that what the prophecy said hundreds of years earlier? The goat became exceedingly great, but when he was strong, the great horn, who was Alexander, was broken. Yeah, he died. Alexander died at 33. How does a young man like that conquer the world? God prophesied it. God, God made it possible for Alexander to do this. But it says, the great horn was broken, and instead of it there came up, this is verse 8, four conspicuous horns toward the four winds of heaven. Yeah, the four generals of Alexander, we know from history, fulfilled this prophecy broke up his kingdom into four parts, and went on from there. We read on in verse 9 about the third kind of strange character in the vision here, not only a ram and a goat, but now a little horn. Verse 9, out of one of them, out of one of these uh, four conspicuous horns, out of the line of one of the generals, okay, out of one of them came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. It grew great even to the host of heaven, and some of the host and some of the stars it threw down to the ground and trampled on them. It became great, even as great as the prince of the host, and the regular burnt offering was taken away from him, and the place of his sanctuary was overthrown. This little horn changes the religious traditions of the people he's oppressing. And a host will be given over to it together with the regular burnt offering because of transgression, and it will throw truth to the ground, and it will act and prosper. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to the one who spoke, for how long is the vision concerning the regular burnt offering, the transgression that makes desolate, and the giving over of the sanctuary and host to be trampled underfoot? And he said to me, for 2,300 evenings and mornings, then the sanctuary shall be restored to its rightful state. This little horn arises um, long after the Medo-Persian Empire overtakes the Babylonian Empire and the Grecian Empire overtakes the Medo-Persian Empire, and down the line comes a little horn, a ruler, a ruler that is one of the most anti-Semitic hate-spewing kings that the Jewish people ever had to deal with. And there's general agreement that this is pointing to a figure in Bible history and in Grecian 
ruling history known as Antiochus Epiphanes, probably a name you haven't heard before. But he ruled over Greece from 175 B.C. to 164 B.C., 11 years of a reign of anti-Semitic terror on the Jewish people. I find it kind of um, interesting that the Lord calls him a little horn, <laughs> even the Antichrist of chapter 7, just a little horn. Isn't it true that the littlest guys sometimes bark the loudest, right? Oh, make no mistake, Antiochus Epiphanes and the future Antichrist of which he is a foreshadowing, they made a big noise, that little horn did. But uh, from God's perspective, he's just a little horn, just, just a little bitty horn over here that arises up. Uh, Donald Campbell writes in uh, his book about Daniel, he says, um, there is general agreement that he is Antiochus the fourth Epiphanes, eighth in the line of successors from Seleucus. Just as God delivered on his promise to the nation of Israel, he will deliver on his promises to you. You may have to wait. You may need patience and perseverance along the way, but God's promises to you will always come to pass. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. Partnership is essential to carry out God's will on earth. It always has been. David and Jonathan, Paul and Barnabas, even Jesus had the help of close friends and partners. Today, with your help, Something Good Radio will continue to reach people with the gospel through these radio and internet broadcasts. When you partner with us, we'll send along a few welcome gifts, including our monthly special offers, plus a free subscription to Something Good devotional magazine. To join the 828 Club today, please visit our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org, and use the Partners tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org, or call 757-276-1099. If you can't become a partner but would like to make a donation to Something Good Radio today, we'd love for you to have the complete audio download of the series that you're hearing now, Mysteries of Babylon. That's Mysteries of Babylon, our gift to you by request for your gift to Something Good Radio. Make a donation online at somethinggoodradio.org 
or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. It'll be the same way at the end of the age. It'll get really, really dark on planet Earth. Uh, the rapture of the church will take us believers out of this earth, and then the Antichrist, who Antiochus Epiphanes is a foreshadowing of, will come onto the world scene, and for seven years, especially the last three and a half years, hateful, anti-Semitic unleashing will take place like the world has never seen and that will make Antiochus Epiphanes look like a Boy Scout. That's the idea here. That's tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, The Time of the End, from Antiochus to Antichrist. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.